the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Biden foreign policy draws fire on Capitol Hill. Joe Biden surrendered to Putin, waived the sanctions that had worked, and that is why we're facing the prospect of a Russian invasion on Ukraine. It is because of Biden's weakness. The White House not backing down on vaccine mandates. We are confident in our ability uh, legally uh, to uh, make these happen across the country. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, December 8th. I'm Rich Thomason. It lasted around two hours, a video call between President Biden and Russian President Putin. Biden National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. President Biden was direct and straightforward with President Putin, as he always is. He reiterated America's support for Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity. He told President Putin directly that if Russia further invades Ukraine, the United States and our European allies would respond with strong economic measures. We would provide additional defensive materiel to the Ukrainians above and beyond that which we are already providing. And we would fortify our NATO allies on the eastern flank with additional capabilities in response to such an escalation. Is a Russian invasion of its neighbor a foregone conclusion? Sullivan doesn't think so. We still do not believe that President Putin has made a decision. What President Biden did today was lay out very clearly the consequences if he chooses to move. Sullivan adds the U.S. does have a range of options available to it. As we pursue diplomatic channels, we will also prepare for all contingencies, just as we have been doing for weeks now, including through the preparation of specific responses to Russian escalation, should they be required. Specific, robust, clear responses. Our military affairs analyst is retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis. He tells the Salem Radio Network that one viable option would involve former Soviet satellites now allied with the West. They would host exercises uh, they would perhaps move, uh, you know, some of the things that uh, Putin is most concerned about, and that is uh, ballistic missiles that uh, could range Moscow. And McGinnis says there's a good reason that Putin and others are on the move now. The geostrategic effects of Mr. Biden's uh, fiasco from the Afghan withdrawal this year has not only urged uh, Putin to take a chance with Ukraine, but we've seen similar issues with Taiwan. And, of course, the Iranians are back on the path toward a nuclear uh, weapon. How much help can the U.S. expect from our longtime European allies? Well, perhaps not too much. Germany, you know, is expecting its, uh, ga- its pipeline from Russia to fuel uh, German heaters this you know, very soon. And the Italians and French have a a reasonably close relationship with the Russians, not so much the Brits. Former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, John Herbst, suggested Putin is matching wits with the U.S. and other Western countries. The stakes incredibly high. From Kiev, from Washington, from Brussels, from Berlin. Um, He's trying to intimidate the West and Ukraine into giving him something of value. 
And Biden's made clear already that he has no intention of doing that. And Putin likely took something away from President Biden's failure to take strong, decisive action against Russian-backed hackers. If you're Putin and you look at all this, you say, hey, Biden talked tough, but I continued my mischief, and we kind of won that round. So I think Biden's cyber weakness is undermining his position, his strong position on the war in Ukraine. Ambassador Herbst believes the odds of a Russian invasion, while low, are not completely out of the question. This is not a 1% shot. This is not even a 3% shot. It's 10, 15, even maybe 25% shot. If Biden had been tough on cyber, I would say we'd be down there in a 5% or less shot. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew tells us that Senator Ted Cruz is pleased with the U.S. diplomatic boycott of the upcoming Beijing Winter Olympics, arguing it is warranted. The atrocities of China on the murder, on the torture, on the genocide, on the concentration camps, I think everything we can do is good and positive. And although he would like to see more pressure on China... I would not keep our athletes home. I wouldn't make them the, 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 the scapegoats. Senator Cruz says athletic organizations should use the games to shine a light on China's human rights crimes. But some on the Hill argue the boycott doesn't go far enough. Senator Tom Cotton tells the Salem Radio Network the administration has no plan to protect U.S. athletes from things like high-tech surveillance in Beijing. Or from DNA harvesting under the guise of coronavirus testing. But the risk to U.S. athletes is far from Cotton's only concern. And then, of course, there's China's genocide against its own people and cracking down on uh, the autonomy of Hong Kong. Cotton says given China's oppression of Muslim Uyghurs in central China, I don't think the United States should be participating in these games. And Senator Cotton tells the Salem Radio Network's Hugh Hewitt that he is concerned about the well-being of foreign athletes during their time in China. And if China will uh, disappear one of its own star tennis athletes and trot her out uh, for hostage videos, despite uh, the... Um, condemnation of the civilized world, what do we think they'll do to one of our athletes? Senator Marco Rubio calling on San Francisco-based Airbnb to delist several properties in central China from its website. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew. The properties belong to the Xinjiang Production and Construction Corps. It had been sanctioned by the Trump administration due to human rights abuses against Muslim Uyghurs in that region. Senator Rubio takes issue with claims by Airbnb that it has vetted all parties with which it works in Xinjiang. In a letter to Airbnb, Rubio writes, quote, By continuing to allow these listings, Airbnb is implicitly endorsing and encouraging travel to Xinjiang, a region host to an ongoing genocide. Correspondent Naomi Grimley reports the head of the World Health Organization's Europe region says while there is concern about the coronavirus Omicron variant, the fight should still be focused on the currently dominant Delta strain of the virus. WHO officials say the introduction of the Omicron variant to Europe has been widespread, but it is still too early to predict the speed and extent of its future spread. They want countries to concentrate on tackling the current Delta wave, which has seen deaths in the region double since September. The regional director, Hans Kluger, said mask wearing in Europe needed to improve dramatically. He said that compelling adults by law to get vaccinated should only be done when all other policy interventions had failed. And while the new variant is spreading worldwide, Africa is having a real tough time. 
The Omicron strain has been confirmed in at least nine African countries. South Africa remains the epicenter of the Omicron outbreak, with experts finding the overwhelming majority of thousands of new coronavirus cases per day are of the new variant. In East Africa, Uganda has reported its first seven cases of Omicron, detected in travellers from South Africa and Nigeria, who arrived at Antibes International Airport on November 29. All are currently in isolation, while in Southern Africa, Namibia has confirmed eight cases of Omicron, none of which are hospitalised. Early evidence is suggesting that Omicron spreads faster, but the symptoms appear to be mild. I'm Charles de la Desma. Daybreak Insider's Greg Clugston says President Biden's coronavirus vaccine mandate has suffered yet another legal setback. In shutting down the president's vaccine requirement, U.S. District Judge Stan Baker in Georgia said the mandate is costly and laborious, and he said that Mr. Biden likely exceeded his authority. It's the latest setback for the administration in its efforts to require COVID-19 vaccinations. Presidential spokesperson Jen Psaki said the administration is confident in its legal authority and that the Justice Department will vigorously defend the mandate in court. We know it works. That's why the president and the administration will continue pressing forward. Daybreak Insider's Andrew Stewart says congressional leaders, Republicans, have cleared the way for Democrats to hike the federal government's borrowing limit yet again. This agreement announced on Tuesday will permit Democrats to increase the nation's borrowing authority without any GOP votes. This move likely averts another last-minute rush to avoid a federal default. The House passed the measure overwhelmingly along party lines a few hours later, kicking off the process. Congress approved a $480 billion increase in the nation's debt limit back in October. And finally this morning... In a bid to protect young users from the potentially harmful effects of social media, Instagram has launched a feature that urges teenagers to take a break from scrolling if they've been on the photo-sharing platform for a while. In a blog post today, Instagram head Adam Masseri says young users in the U.S., U.K., and several other English-speaking countries will see notifications and be urged to set reminders to take more breaks going forward. The company says it's developing new features to be stricter about what it posts and hashtags it recommends. Their first tools for parents will roll out early next year. The company and its owner, Facebook, now renamed Meta Platforms, is weathering backlash about not doing enough to rein in harmful content. Mosseri is scheduled to testify before a Senate subcommittee on Wednesday afternoon. I'm Jennifer King. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Rich Thomason. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.